church, you are Jesus. You are Jesus. You are Jesus. You're all I need. King of glory, King of kings, Lord of lords. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, God. I come to praise you. I come to bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep telling him, keep telling him this morning, church. Keep telling the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We've come to praise you. to jump. Come on. Jump. If your neighbor's not jumping, tell him, wake up. We're here to praise the Lord of Lords. Come on. Woo. The Bible says to dance and make music before him. We're going to take a couple seconds just to dance before the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. I want you to take your neighbor and just swing them around. Come on, take your neighbor. We're going to take this house and make it a house of praise. Hallelujah. Now take your hands and go like this. This is called the wave offering. God, we want to give you the highest praise this morning. We're going to show you in our words, in our songs, in our movements, God, that we praise you, that we love you with all that we are, God. Keep waving those hands this morning. Just the drums. King of glory. Keep waving him, keep waving him, say king. King of, have your glory, king of glory. One more time, say king of glory, have your glory, king of glory. One more time, one more time, say king glory, have your Lord. 
Hallelujah. We're here to give you praise, King. Lord, save your friend. We're here to give you praise. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let a shout come up from out you this morning. Let a shout come out. Jesus. There's power in our praise, church. There is power in this praise this morning. Power, power in our praise. Jesus, strongholds are coming down right now. Chains are falling in your praise right now. Joy is coming as you praise him. Jesus, Jesus, somebody's coming for something new. If you came for something fresh from God, I want you to shout out, Jesus. Joshua and about Jericho. And you know, when they first came to Jericho's walls, it, it didn't just come crashing down because they showed up. They had to do something. They had to walk around that wall for seven days until that wall came down and they had to have faith. And maybe there's some of you that there's things in your lives, you see this big, massive wall and you've been walking around that wall for day one, day two, day three and you feel like that's never going to come down but I'm telling you that that day seven is going to come and how it's going to come down is with your praise is when you shout out is when you call out on him so don't get tired this morning of what you're walking through of what you're going through in your life because day seven is going to come and all you got to do is shout 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 out let's shout this morning a shout of victory I want you to shout, I want you to shout your praise this morning. Woo! Jesus, you are able, you are able to meet every need. You are able, you are willing to touch everybody. You are willing 
and able, Jesus, to meet us where we are. Jesus, Jesus, faith, faith in this place, God. Faith in this place to know that you're with us. Faith to wait and to be faithful walking around that wall. Oh, God, we're going to see it come down. We're going to see family members come. That wall of unbelief in our family is going to come down. God, we're going to believe, oh God, for the finances as we've been faithfully tithing. That wall of debt to come crashing down, God. Oh, Jesus, you are able, God. Oh, man, the Holy Spirit is in this place. The Holy Spirit is here. If you believe that, I just want you to raise your hands this morning. I want you to raise your heart to him. There's something for us. Hallelujah. Jesus. Come on, let's lift our hands and surrender right now. Come on. Let's lift our hands as a sign of surrender. God, you have your way. Come on, despite all the problems you may have walked in with, despite all the things in family or finances with your job, I know a God who is able, who is greater, who is mighty. And right now, even though we may not feel like it, or even though our flesh may not feel like it, let's break through that today. Come on. Let's have a breakthrough today. Let's praise God. Come on, I don't know about you, but I'm praising God today. Come on, I'm going to meet with God. I came here to meet with God. So come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice and begin to praise the Lord. Sing a new song. Sing a new song before the Lord right now. Come on. Show it up in Oh, it's because of what you did, God. Oh, you make it new. Oh, fill our hearts with love. Fill our hearts with love.
Jesus, we want to praise you with all we are, God. 
your servants are listening. God, we're listening. We're listening. God, give us ears to hear what you're saying right now, God. Just like Samuel, God, we want to say, God, we're listening. We're here.
If you're hungry right now, respond to the word of the Lord and come. Come, come to him. Jesus, fill us. We're thirsty. We're hungry. We want more of you, God. We want more of you, Jesus. Raise your hands all over this room. Raise your hands. Raise your hearts right now. He promised to come. Come, Lord, fill us, fill us, fill us. Jesus, 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 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 keep pushing forward, keep speaking in tongues right now, we got a breakthrough, we got a breakthrough, don't get tired, keep praising him, keep speaking in tongues right now, there's something new on the other side, let's go, let's go together, Push yourself more than you've ever been pushed before right now. Jesus said, could you not wait an hour? Could you not pray an hour? Can you do five more minutes? We're hungry. Jesus, 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 right now, right now. If you're sick in your body, put your hand on wherever the ailment is right now. Speak healing to that place right now in the name of Jesus. Healing in the body right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, never the same God. We speak healing to that body right now. Wholeness right now in the name of Jesus. God, your word promises that by your stripes we are healed. And we claim that promise this morning right now, God. High blood pressure is broken in the name of Jesus. Arthritis is broken in the name of Jesus. Diabetes, difficulty breathing, asthma right now is broken in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Shanama kura mama. Keep lifting him up, church. Keep lifting him up with your praise right now. Thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for your spirit, Jesus. Thank you that you're here in this place, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just praise him right now in this place. Let's thank him for his spirit. Let's thank him for his goodness right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are good. You are good, Jesus. You are good, Jesus. You are good. You are faithful, God.
Come on, we're hungry today. Just lift up your voices. Let God know that you're hungry in this house today. We're so hungry. We're so hungry, God. You said in your word that man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We're searching for you today, God. We're hungry. hungry for more of you oh hungry Jesus today today right now one more time come on sing it out we are hungry no one else will satisfy you are the greatest you are the greatest hallelujah now let God know today what you need from him Come on, let him know today. Just lift up your voices and say, God, I'm hungry for joy. I'm hungry for your blessings. I'm hungry, Father God, for prosperity. I'm hungry for your presence. What is in your heart today? What do you need God to do? Just right now, let him know. We're hungry, Jesus. Hungry for you to change our families, God. Hungry. Thirsting for you to heal our bodies to prosper our families we're hungry I'm hungry oh, I'm hungry I'm hungry for you yeah yeah oh yeah Today, just grab your neighbor's hand today. We're going to begin to pray over each other right now. This is a house of miracles. This is a house where you can leave different than the way you came in. I want you, even if you're embarrassed, you're awkward, it don't matter right now. Just begin to say, God, bless the neighbor's hand I'm holding right now. Come on, don't be scared to pray for somebody right now. God, we lift up every person in this congregation to you right now. Every person, every person is special. Come on, you are special to God. If somebody is holding your hand right now, that is because we love you. And even more importantly, God loves you. We're, we teach our members to pray for each other because you're not going to go through this alone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're calling on Jesus today. We're calling on Jesus. God, I pray for miracles in this house today. We're going to hear testimonies today, God, of what happened at Mardi Gras. But, God, it can happen here. God, you saved over 500 people at Mardi Gras, but you can save them here, Lord. You've healed people at Mardi Gras, but I know you can heal them right now. Jesus. Jesus, say this prayer with me over your neighbor. Say, Jesus, the neighbor's hand I'm holding is special to you. You died on the cross for them. 
you love them. And I pray for them right now that they would know you, that they would love you, and that whatever need they have in their life, you would meet that need right now. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, give the Lord a shout of victory, a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Slap somebody high five and say amen. Come on, tell somebody amen. You may be seated. Tell somebody as you find your way back to your seats. Come on, tell somebody else, amen. How many believe today that there is nothing impossible for those who believe? I'm going to say that again. How many believe today that there is nothing impossible for those who believe? Amen. I believe it today. Today is an old school testimony service. We are going to testify. Look at your neighbor and say, testify. We are going to testify. We're going to shake a leg. We're going to cut a rug. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. We're going to get old school today. You might want to testify by the time the service is over. Amen. Give me that mic, Pastor. I got to testify now. The reason why we're testifying is because God has been doing some real things in this church. Just look at your neighbor and say, you're a testimony. You know, you're here because somebody prayed for you. You might not even know how you got to this church. Out of all the churches that you could have gone to, you're here because somebody prayed for you. I am so excited that you're in this place today. If you're excited, can you say amen? I want to welcome you to Metro Praise, where we are praising this name. Come on, somebody. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and elevate. Come on, Elevators 5, uh, Fridays at 7.30 p.m., loving God. We have a vision at this church. It's loving God and loving people. The most important thing you can spend your life doing is loving God and loving people. Everybody say, I love God. And then tap your neighbor and say, I love you too. That's what we're here to do. Every day that this is a church, we're going to be loving God, loving people. Some of you might think to yourself, Pastor, I've been coming to this church for about six months now, and you tell me this every week. Yes, we, we've been saying it every week for six years, amen? amen? And I think we're getting better at it, but we haven't perfected it yet, amen? If you're perfect at loving God, you just let me know, okay? We'll talk a little bit. And if you're perfect at loving people, I got my mother-in-law. I mean, I got somebody I want you to meet. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thank you for backing me up on that. Moving right along. We have a strategy. Everybody say strategy. strategy. Wonderful. Thank you. Our strategy to change this world through love, to love God and love people. The first part is connect. Can you say connect? Yeah. Amen. This is our book on connection. It is a seven-step book. And the reason why I'm showing you this at this part uh, of the series is because our series this month is grow up. Everybody say grow up. Grow up. Say it's time to, grow it's time to grow because we need to go. Amen. And we're talking this week about growing up in evangelism, growing up in your spiritual walk, growing in community, growing in the church, all of these various things. But I want to tell you the best way to do that at this church is to get this seven-step book to become a part of what God is doing and to join a life group. If you love life groups, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Does anybody go to Ish and Robbins? 
Woo! How about Eddie Berto Gavea's? All right. How about Ricky and Rachel's? Amen. How about Chris and Vanessa's? Amen. David and Monica? Woo! How about some youth small groups? Danny and Liz? How about Adam and Cynthia? Come on. See, life groups is where we get life in this church. There is a time and a place for you. If you're a young adult, we got your life groups for you. If you're an adult, you got kids, we got life groups for you. Most of the time they're meeting right now on Sundays and Fridays. And what they'll do is they'll go through this book with you one-on-one. I want you to get this into your heart right now. I was just uh, at Mardi Gras last week, and somebody was sharing with me. They said, Joe, what do you do in your church? And I said, well, you know, we have normal church. They said, no, no, no. We've been meeting your SUM students. These people ain't normal in a good way. Amen? In a good way. And they said, what do you do? And I began to tell them, and they said, no, you don't do that. I said, yes, we do. I said, every person that comes to our church gets a one-on-one mentor. A one-on-one mentor. Think about that in your business right now, a coach. How much would it cost for you to have somebody coach you through your business, to hang out with the best of the best? Sometimes these people are so highfalutin and demanding. And then you know what happens? In the church, the people get the same attitude, saying we're too good for the people. We're just going to start a clique. Or you can just be a part of our club, you know, just kind of show up on the big days. No. When you join this church, you have a one-on-one mentor. You have their cell phone number. You have their home number. You have their social security number. Amen. And I want to ask you to connect to this church while we're growing right now. Because listen, everybody, we're about ready to put it into fifth gear. Coming Easter, we're going to go to two services. Can you say amen? This place is packed out, over 80% full. They say us Americans, we like our space. We like our parking. We like our due diddles. So once you get beyond 80%, they say go again for two. Amen? But I don't want you to get lost in the shuffle. There is no reason to get lost. These life group leaders want to spend time with you, one-on-one with you. Just be with you. If you're not even ready for the book, if you just say, well, I just want to hang out and talk about my problems, they'll hang out and talk to you about your problems. Because we care about you here. Can everybody say connect? Amen. And then the second part is mentor. Can you say mentor? Thank you. Because of our demand to raise up leaders, we wrote another book, a 201 book, as we call it, 12 Steps to Christian Leadership. Now, this is an underground secretive club. Look at your neighbor and go, ooh. You can only become a part of this bad mamma jamma if you've gone through the first part. And guess who disciples you in this part right here? The pastor, baby. Come on. I want to know the pastor. Well, get up in this 201. You'll get to know the pastor. You'll get to know everything about me. You'll get to hear the, the good, the bad, the ugly. Amen, 201? See, we keep it reals, Okay. But you know what? I, I've got to see who's with me. I've got to, like Jesus. Jesus had 5,000 who would come for, for, for some free pizza. He had 5,000 that would come for some free elotes. But when he went to preaching and he went to teaching, the Bible says the crowds left. And then only 12 came. And then he said, I'm going to spend time with you guys because you want it. And as you're going to learn today, he then said to those 12, you go out into the whole world and now you make disciples. I'm not saying we're a perfect church. I'm just saying we're perfectly doing the best we can. Amen. And so I want to ask you to grow in this thing. Join the 101. Become a part of a mentor in your life. And when you join the 201, that mentor is still in your life. 
There's been people, we're, we, we turned six years old this March. Can you say amen for that? Thank you for making six years possible. We started in our house. And you know what? Some of those first people that got mentored are still having those same relationships six years later. Matter of fact, we won't end a relationship with you. You'll have to end it with us, okay? And then you'll have to put call block on us. And then after call block, you're going to have to, you know, block us from your Facebook. And then after that, you probably have to put a restraining order because we'll still show up at your house, you know. And then when we have a jailhouse ministry, you'll have to put us on Dr. Phil as that crazy call because we just didn't leave you alone. Why? You're scared now. Why? Because we believe in relationships. Look at your neighbor say Relationships. Thank you. Look at Peter and Jesus, relationships. Now, you might think I'm crazy, but watch this. Peter and Jesus. Peter was Jesus' right-hand man. Peter denied Jesus how many times? Three times denied him, even cursed out not knowing him. A little girl, the last one that he denied was a little girl. Hey, don't you hang out with Jesus? I don't beep and know the beeping man. Cussed out to a little girl, denied him three times. The Bible says that he didn't even come to the cross. The only one that was there was John. So Peter, we, we, we think, was somewhere a long way off, just kind of scared, looking over a hill somewhere, ducking around a building. And then you know what he went to do? You know what he did after Jesus died? He was in the grave three days. Peter went back to fishing. He just quit on Jesus. He said, oh, man, I denied you. I've cursed in front of you, and I didn't even come at your hardest time. So I'm just quitting. I'm going to go back to fishing. But somebody say, but grace. You see, God's got some big grace for people in this house. God's got big grace. He went after Peter. He went after. I'm going to say it again. He went after Peter. How many of you used to be a Peter? You used to cuss, and you used to act like you didn't know God, and you did some stupid things in God's presence. But God came after you. The Bible says Jesus went and found Peter fishing. Had, Peter hadn't caught anything. Jesus shouts out to him, throw over to the other side of the, of the boat, throw your net. You're going to get some fish. Brings over some fish, maybe some tilapia with a little bit of lemon, some tony, you know, a little chili pepper, you know what I'm talking about. And then they just came down there, and they started eating. And you know what Jesus did for Peter? He asked him, do you love me once, twice, three times? To replace every time he had once, twice, three times denied him. You see, friends, we're not going to let you just walk. And like I said, you're going to have to tell us we don't want you. See, at that point, Peter then could have said, once and for all, I'm telling you, Jesus, get the blank, blank out my life. Okay, Jesus would have went on then. But at that moment, Jesus said, even though you've cussed, even though you've denied me three times, I still love you, and I want you to say it three times and get back on track. And then after Peter did it, he said, now go out and do what I told you to do. Can everybody say, connect, mentor, and now go like this, send. Come on, push it out, send. Do it like your street fighter, Hyunkin. <laughs> send the glory. When you, when you graduate, we let you lead life groups. We let you lead uh, the teenage ministry, the after-school program, the Saturday evangelism. You know why we let you lead after you've proven yourself? Because now we know you can be trusted. Last time I checked, they don't give the new recruits the, the, the tank keys at the beginning of the military, you know, induction. How many are glad they don't do that? How many, how many are glad they don't give the new guy the, the keys to the tank the moment he showed up? Here you go, Bubba. Just don't hurt nobody. You got to go through training. 
And that's what this series is about. That's why I'm taking a little bit longer than normal in the announcements because I really want you to see. It's about loving God, loving people, and how we're going to do that is connect, mentor, send. The books are in the back if you need them. They're uh, $6 for the small one, 7 for the big one. But guess what? If you don't have any shekels, they're F-R-E-E free online, and I got black and white ones in the back. Amen? But just remember that when you go to McDonald's today. Amen? Praise God. We have a vision that we can accomplish 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches in 500 around the world. If you believe we can do it, can you say, let's do it? Praise God. And make sure you get a part of these life groups. And this is what we're going to do to prepare for this new season. We are going to start April 10th. That is two weeks before Easter to make sure that we got our two services running and gunning. Because I know you guys are going to be faithful. You're going to go out there and spread the word. Even if you don't, we're going to have an 8 foot by 40 sign across the building here putting an advertisement. Just in case. No, I'm kidding. But we're going to have to get some practice. So remember that April 10th, two weeks before Easter, we're going to those two services now let me just explain to you the advantages and disadvantage of each one the advantage of the 9 a.m. one is you don't have to listen to me for three hours how many can say amen I'm watching you guys I tricked you now I know who you are okay so the thing is for me as a preacher I know I got to stop so the next group can come in so if you're the type of person that you just got to be somewhere and we know that you're not putting that before God But maybe you have a job or a service industry type position You got to get out or maybe you plan something with your family that 9 a.m. Is going to serve you very well because it's going to be a start on time end on time service. Amen Now that's the benefit the downside is is you may not get a lot of the razzle and the dazzle Okay, you may not get the impromptu you may not get that long altar call because we got the next service coming in So just consider as you pick now obviously we need some in that 9 a.m. Service otherwise we've we've defeated the purpose amen Okay, now the the, uh, 11 a.m. The advantage with that is that you can stay as long as you want amen Because there's no service after that if you just want to come up you want to tip the, uh, the, the, the singer right here. We'll have a little jar, you know, play lover of my soul, brother, and just tip it in there. He'll just play, you know, a little piano sister, right? Just tip her a little bit. She'll play till five, six, seven o'clock at night. Amen. Just checking to make sure you said amen. So now we got her on that. We recorded that. Okay. Now, obviously the disadvantage is if we have a normal service, which can be an hour and a half to two hours, you're getting out at one in the afternoon. Uh, now, obviously, one, you get to have a little bit less sleep. If you're an earlier person, if you're a later person, you get to have more sleep. So hopefully I've described it to you well enough that now you can begin to pray. Uh, we believe that if we just split down the row, this side came on 9 a.m. and this side came on 11. When we start with the Easter, it will fill right back up. And I, my goal is by the end of May. So, you know, the Easter's last Sunday of April. So within 30 days, both services look like this. Can we say Amen. Praise God. So come on out, check it out. And now I want to hand out these Easter flyers to you right now. We want to put about 10 of these in your hands. If you don't want them, just set them back in the back. But we really want you to start promoting this here. This is our Easter flyer service. It's very simple. Now what we're going to be doing is called the Living Last Supper. We're going to be imitating the scene up here on the stage of Da Vinci's painting. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but this is creative. It's going to be exciting, and you're going to love it, and it's going to be powerful. 
The great thing is, is it's not going to be long, and we're going to have activities so that you can be blessed. Every one of your children getting free gifts. We want to bless them. And then listen to this right here. We have a professional uh, photo uh, person, photographer, that's what we call them, uh, Sister Monique. There she is. Let's give it up for Monique. <laughs> Studying at Columbia College. Amazing. She is going to set up, we, you know, the churches, but she's going to be in charge of it, set up a professional photo shoot so whoever wants portraits, come and get a portrait. Isn't that awesome? You're already dressed up for Easter. You've brought your family here. You're smiling and you're happy. And then what can you do? You get in front of this thing, take a wonderful picture. We're going to email it to you. You know how to do it from there. You can print it out at Walgreens, etc. As you're getting this right here, as you can see, it's the Living Last Supper. It's going to be a presentation. It's going to be obviously at both of our services. This is the big launch for that, 9 and 11. And we're going to do the gifts for the children and this wonderful, wonderful photo opportunity to take with your family. Now, this is the one thing that we've already heard because we got some crazy people up in the church, okay? They're mostly the young adults. Two things you cannot do with these flyers that have already been done. Number one. You cannot go to people's yards and apartment complexes and throw them all over the yard or throw them all over the apartment complex. That's already been done. We've been called and complained about that. So if you're thinking about having your own parade Mardi Gras, just throwing them out, please don't do that. It gives us a bad name. The second thing that you can't do with this is put it on somebody's car. Because what happened already, and they let me know this, is now we're in spring, the rainy season, and our guys were putting this in the windshield, and when it rained, the, the little glue came off, the ink, and it stuck to their windshield, and I got a real happy email about that, telling me where I could go, okay, and it wasn't heaven. No, I'm just kidding. They weren't happy. You just, you got it. Okay. So here's what you can do with these. Put them in people's hands. Put them in somebody's hand. Now, the real cool thing is we got something on Facebook that talks all about this. The video is up, so you can see the video. You can place it on your friends' pages, put it as your profile page, and just support it and come out. And this is how simple it is. How does a church like this go to two services? How do we blow it up? How does Easter look awesome? Just you bring in your family. That's it. If each one of you just brought one person, that's another service. Are you guys following me right here? It's not hard to come up with. It's not even rocket scientists. I mean, some people look at me and think I'm crazy. I don't even think I've started to have faith yet. You know, I can imagine if I said, let's go fill up the United Center at Easter. That, that would be like a God thing. Come on. This right here, this is like a little baby step right here. Just bring your family and the place will be packed out. It will be awesome. Photo. And you get to go home and say, man, I've changed the world because I brought my family. They heard about Jesus. I'm blessed. And then now we are doing the thug dizzle for the loaf of shizzle. Amen. Will you stand up on your feet and bless the Lord today if you love him? Amen. We love you, Jesus. It's never for us. It's always for you, God. We're going to prepare to receive our tithes and offerings. This part of the service is so important to us because this is how we do what we do. It's because of you and your gifts. When you give to Metro Praise, it goes to the local church and to our churches around the world. Anna Nieves has accepted his call to go to India and Nepal with us in June. Can we bless the Lord for Adam? As if he had a choice. <laughs> and, I mean, just think about that. Because of your giving, we're able to say to a young man, just, just get this in your heart, especially those who come from other churches, nothing against other approaches, but please notice the difference here. He doesn't have to do any bake sales. 
He doesn't have to do anything. The church gave. We prayed about who that ticket was for, and it's his ticket. Obviously, he's a giver to missions because he wouldn't be in this place unless he was. But that's just what God told us to do. We pick the person and bring them. And then when we make the mission trip available, we don't try to make money off the mission trip. Uh, at this point, we're limiting just the 201 class and the elders and deacons. So some of the people we've already spoken to, if you're not in the 201 class and you're not an elder and deacon, don't get sad, Dito, because we're going to go on a lot more. Amen? Don't get sad. Okay? We might be going to Japan next. Amen? We need to pray for them today. Praise God. I can't wait. I can't wait until one of you donate your extra plane to Metro Praise, amen? Because somebody here, you know what I'm talking about. you really doing good. No, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Now you're all wondering who that is. You never know. There could be somebody here with two planes. You don't know. You ever seen that Facebook movie, that Facebook guy? That guy who invented Facebook, little dorky kid. You know how much he has? $12 billion. $12 billion. Do you know what a tithe is off of $12 billion? A lot of money. 1.2 billion. He might be sitting here right next to you because you don't know who invented Facebook, I guess. What I'm, what I'm saying this is for thank you for giving. It goes here, and then it goes around the world. We believe that God has given us a call to do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that because of the gifts given here, God, we can change the world for you. Lord, we believe that the tithe belongs to you, 10% of our total income, because you commanded that. Lord, I pray that all of us would tithe. If, if there's those that are not, I pray that you would speak to them about that principle, about how it blesses the giver, that it's for our good. And then, Lord, I thank you that you said when we sow offering, when we give above that tithe with that 90% we have left over, that, God, it becomes seed and we can reap a harvest. I just want to speak to you as you're just in an attitude of prayer. God told me a long time ago, if what's in your hand does not meet your need, it is your seed. I want to encourage some of you today. Sow into missions. Give what little you may have into missions and watch what God will do. I just encourage you to do that. Even if you said, Pastor, I don't have a lot, give to missions. Watch what God will do in your life. Lord, I thank you for a church that hears your word, that's obedient. And now I pray for blessings on them, Father God. Blessings on our businesses, on, on God, the jobs that we do. Lord, I pray for education, opportunities, grants, God. I pray for our children, Lord, safety, Father God, and, and blessing upon all they do, Lord. And I pray for this nation, God, as we're having a new mayor even in this city. And there's so much going on in our government, God, even right now in different states, God, debating things that are so important, like health care and budget. God, we pray that you'll have your hand in our nation again. We pray, God, that we wouldn't look to the dollar anymore, but we would trust in you again. Father, bless this nation. Bless your people to be a blessing. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen as you give? Thank you. Come on forward.
the Lord for them. Amen. How many love technology? About five of you. Wonderful. Welcome to the 21st century. I am like all on this technology kick right now. The reason is, is because I see we can change the world with technology. I want to take a few moments today before we do our old, because once we get into this testimony service, just look at your neighbor and say, forget about it. Because once we get into this testimony service, it's going to be off the chain. It just, God's going to show up. There's just a few things that I want to show you that we can do now that we've never been able to do before. Uh, does anybody here have an iPhone, iPod, anything that uses an, an uh, app software? Wonderful. For the rest of you, our program does not work quite yet, but I want those of you who have the Apple phone, go to your apps right now and download the app Sermon Player. Sermon, S-E-R-M-O-N, net net what we are now able to do which is totally awesome is if you have an apple handheld device or an ipad or anything you can now get my notes in pdf form right in your hands right now oh yeah that's cool right two people clapping i worked so hard on that i thought more would like that I want you to download it, and when you come to church, not only can you get all of our past sermons, not only if you're not here can you watch it live on your Apple device, but now while you're sitting in the service, you can look directly at our notes and keep along with us. Those of you who say, man, I like your songs, what are you singing? You can do that. Now you might say, Pastor, we're not hip, okay, we're, we're sorry, okay, don't get angry at us, don't hate, just celebrate, amen? But, but, but here I have it for you as well. If you go to the Internet, to our new sermon player, you can see the notes there as well. So if you just have a normal computer in your home, you can now see the notes. So I'm waiting for some iPod people. Have you guys figured it out yet? Sermon and then net, and it's an orange guy with his hand showing up. Boom, download. I'm going to wait for these guys today because techies are really cool, and I want them to help spread the word. Because I believe this is the next thing for us. Also, we do live webcasts. And if you're never not here, you can be a part of that. The second thing that I want to talk about was online giving. If you ever want to give online, you can do that at home. I don't know about you, but I don't carry my checkbook anymore with me. So just in the privacy or your own home, you can go to our church computer and you can download uh, you know, PayPal. You can do it. It blesses the church. And I just wanted to let you know that technology is here for you. Can you say amen? I've stalled long enough, iPad and uh, iTouch guys, did you guys get it? Okay, now go add new channel, Metro Praise, and then what you'll be able to do is download the notes. And you guys will see that, that icon right there. Give me the first one that comes just so we can make sure it can be done. We got a race between Noah and the family, right? Oh, Vanessa, come on up, give it up for Vanessa. I know some of you are like, man, why are we doing this? Because some people, this will change their life. Okay, so when you go to ministry, you just go to Maine. That's what we are, Maine. Grown evangelism, it's already there. It's loading up right now. You'll see the icon come up. And then it says, view the document. And then right now, you can see our notes. And we'll say, open in Safari. That way you can do it. This is my way of saying to people, I care about you. I care about the word. And share this with your friends. Because some people are really into this. And they may say, hey, man, since you're on here, I'm going to listen to it now. And I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to go cast out a devil. And then I'm going to travel around the world. All because I listen to this right here. 
Well, you never know. I mean, we had somebody come to the church from finding our, 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 our red-eye ad when they were putting it down for their dog. We had another one find a flyer by the bar that they were working in by the car. Amen. Couldn't God use this as well? Amen. So it's loading up for you there. Have you guys seen it? You got the notes. Praise God. And it's just loading up. Let's give it up for all the iPad people. Amen. Don't feel bad if you don't have one. That's just something I wanted to do for you. We want to do a baby dedication today. I'm going to call up uh, Paula and Marcio to come up today as they come. Will you just bless the Lord for them? Just bless the Lord. From Rachel, would you come back up? We just want to have some music in the background. We're going to dedicate baby Anna. Carolina de Cruz. Come on. Victoria is their child right here. The other child, she's so excited. Hey, 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 come on up here. God bless you. What's going on? My brother right here, he is in Bible college at uh, Trinity. Uh, Wheat, oh, which one, Trinity or Wheaton? Just slip my, yes, thank you. Just slipped my mind. And uh, he needed to do more. Are we going to do a picture? Do we want to pose? I'm sorry, awkward moment again. Somehow I find myself in these moments all the time. Then I bring more people with me. So he's in Mardi Gras. Well, here's the thing. He had to do more time because pastors, we want to get experience before we preach, right? You know, you got to have some, like, uh, practical experience. Well, his school said, Marcia, you need to get a whole bunch of more hours. He was short on the hours. He said, can I go with you to Mardi Gras? Now, the School of Urban Missions, for insurance purposes, only lets the SUM students come. But he was radical enough to say, I'll go with any team. One of my friends had a team. He traveled all the way down with them and went to the Mardi Gras. And here's the kicker before we all clap and make a lot of noise because it's really awesome. Here's the kicker. He is from Brazil. He has preached at the San pa uh, the uh, San uh, Paulo, Paulo, San Paulo, Mardi Gras. He's done it in Brazil. He came as a missionary to America and did it with us. Can you bless the Lord for that? San Paulo to New Orleans. Which one was more crazy, New us Americans or you Brazilians? Who did it more crazy? Uh, both need the Lord and both need forgiveness. Both need <laughs> repentance. On, both need the, the Holy Spirit. Yes, amen. Yes. Oh, praise the Lord. Look at little Anna right here. Look at little Anna right here. How are you doing? Look at you. Look at little you, Yana. Y'all don't know I can get like that. I know. You think I'm playing to this? is all I do. I just talk to little babies like this. Hello. We are going to pray for her. I'm going to ask my wife. Uh, well, you know what? She is unavailable at this time. Can I just get uh, one of our elders? Who's one of a woman elder in this place? Monica, would you come quickly? We're going to hold the baby and pray for her. Marcio and his wife, Paula, Victoria, and Anna are a beautiful family, all the way from Brazil, missionaries. We mean that in the highest sense, uh, serving the Lord, doing everything for God. And we're just going to dedicate the baby. As we do, can we get the certificate as well? Would you hold the baby just so the representing the church with the family? Would you all stand up to your feet now as we begin to pray? Father, we thank you today, God, for baby Anna Carolina de Cruz. Lord, I pray that you bless her. This church makes a covenant with this family that, Lord, we will love her. We will teach her the word of God. We will pray for her mom and dad to grow stronger and stronger as she grows stronger and stronger. Lord, we pray that you will give her strength and health, that, Lord, every day, God, she'll know you. 
that, Lord, she'll know that you knit her in Paula's womb, that she is your creation. Oh, Lord, that she is special. God, I now pray for the parents, uh, God, Paula and Mark, Marcio. God, I pray that you would reveal your word to them every day. Lord, you said in Psalms 139 that you have the days of our lives written out before one even happens. And that if we were to number the thoughts that you have to bless us, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. Father God, I pray that they spend their life reading the book you wrote for Carolina, God, that they will read her book and help develop her purpose, that, God, they'll pick up those grains of sand, those words of encouragement over her life, God, and speak life to her every day, God. And then, Lord, I pray for Victoria, the big sister, God. I just pray, Lord, that you use her, Lord. God, she has a challenge physically, God, but she is nonetheless yours. She is so special to you. Thank you for her life. Use her for your glory. Heal her body. Let her be a loving and kind sister, Father. Bless the DeCruz family, God, in a wonderful, wonderful way today, God. Thank you for what you're doing in and through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you all say amen? Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated as we greet each other right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. How many are ready for the Mardi Gras testimony service? Amen. Mardi Gras students, would you guys come without any further delay? This is at the time that I wish I was a coffee, drinky coffee, moti latte, you know, have a little bagel right here. Come on up, guys. We're just going to have them testify. They're just going to go one at a time. Before they begin to testify, would you guys grab a seat? We have a video that we want to show you. Come on right here and grab a seat on the stage. There you go. Wonderful. Check out this video of uh, the Mardi Gras outreach. These are the, those are the pictures, guys. you need a hand there? Or? Okay, let's give it up for our guys in the back. They do their best. Amen. Would you ask your neighbor what they want for lunch today? Maybe you can take them out as we stall. God bless you guys. Let me give you little dabs right here. There we go. God bless you. Little dabs. Can we give it up for Rachel on the soft jazz piano? Nothing wrong with soft jazz on a Sunday morning.
We call that the Jesus car wash. <laughs> Ain't no way you're not getting washed with Jesus as you go through that, baby. Uh, by the way, we didn't only just uh, shout Jesus at them. They also took the time to preach the gospel, as you're going to begin to hear and see in this wonderful slide presentation. So I'm just going to start here with uh, Cynthia. She lost her voice out there preaching. Would you give it up for them as they begin to share? Yeah, you're going to definitely hear. Um, so basically, you know, it, it's yeah, evangelism, but it's like literally, can I talk about Jesus? No? Okay, can I talk about Jesus? No? Okay. And so you have all these people that come towards you and behind you from the side of you, and you just get the chance to just talk to them about God. And, and literally, like, there's people that you don't even expect to stop. Like, like um, one, one of them was just some girl, you know, she had, like, the spaghetti string thing on, short skirt, you know, and I, I asked her, are you okay? And she was like, what? You know, and she stopped. And as soon as I tried to talk to her, you know, like God sees you beautiful, she started crying. She started crying, and she was actually walking away from her boyfriend. Um, her boyfriend had abused her on the street and um, verbally and physically, and she was trying to get away from him, and she's crying because she's like, I don't have a ride home. I don't, he's my ride. And I was like, you know what? You don't need to go back. You don't need to go back because a guy that is not worth it, like that, that guy like that is not worth it. He's not here running after you. You know, a guy that abuses you verbally and physically, it's not worth it. And she started crying and I started just praying for her. You know, there, there's no more. You, you already expressed the love of God. And she's like, yeah, you know, I, I need that. I need that. And I just prayed for her and she's just weeping, you know. And and so a lot that I saw out there was just, just as that I, I personally, you know, I prayed for people, and it was just basically God's love. You know, I went with the m mindset. I told the youth this on Friday with the mindset, repent or perish. You know, you're going to go hard or go home, you know. And and the Lord broke me. He's like, no, talk to them about my love. You know, I love you. I had mercy on you. You know, I covered you with my blood. So tell them the same thing. And, and so I did. And every person that I spoke to like that literally like gave their life to God. And, and I was just like, man, God, thank you. Thank you. And Amen. Um, my experience in Mardi Gras was really uh, unexpected because, you know, I didn't have any, like, expectations, like, you know, to, to assume what God would do. I just wanted to let God just completely, you know, take over it. And when I went over there, you know, I went as an evangelist and as a student. And so I would be lying if I said that the only experience I had was just evangelism because I know that this year they, they structured it so that we would get poured into a lot. And I can just tell you, man, there was just so many times where I just felt God so strongly, and I was just awestruck at God. And I remember I was telling uh, a few people, I was like, I just can't imagine how heaven would be like because I just felt like I was there. And um, I just remember feeling the love of the Father very strongly. And then I asked my wife, and she's like, what would you feel in that service? She's like, the love of the Father. It was, like, really strong there. And uh, just to sum it up, I think the, the most crazy thing would be the last day um, – we were, everyone was just starting prophesying and just word after word after word. And I just felt like God was just speaking. And I just felt like, you know, God was encouraging me so much. And so I don't know what happened, but I just broke. And I broke like a baby, I'm telling you. And so we just started worshiping afterwards. And we got into even the good songs. And I, I was just like, literally just like weeping. It's like, <laughs> and you can, you can ask anybody here. I was doing it, but God was so good. Well, like you said, God was just moving. God was doing great things. Um, there was just a continual outpouring of his spirit on everyone, a continual refreshing, because, like, 
if you if you ask anybody, like we were pouring out like everything. Like when they say you leave it on the streets, you leave it on the streets. And so it was a continual like talking to people. It was rebuking, but in love and, and just sharing the gospel of Jesus. And um, I know for myself, like every day, like at a chapel, they would just, you know, prep you, encourage you, tell you like this is what it's about. And I would cry. <laughs> Like, I've never cried before at every meeting. And it was just because, like, God's love was just so strong in that place for every person up here, every person who went, and for the people we were going to meet. And um, one testimony, like, I, I mean, I asked God all the time, like, I want I want to be used for the healing. And every night when we would go back uh, to the to the hotel for, for rest and stuff like that, I would just get into my prayer time and just ask God, like, you know, use me, you know, prep me for what's going to happen. And God gave me a word, and God was like, I want to use you to heal somebody. You know, I want, you got healing hands. I anoint your hands. And so I share it with my roommate, and I'm like, God's anointing us. God's anointing us to heal. And this girl looks at me like I'm crazy. She's, she, was, she was a first-year student at SUM, and she was just like, girl, relax. Take it easy. And I was like, no, but it's going to happen, you know. And so that day that we wake up, that, the following morning, I get up, and I'm just like, I'm ready. I'm ready, God. You know, give them to me, whoever it is. And um, we go on the streets, and, and my partner, he sees, because um, I was telling my partner, too, <laughs> we, see, we see a woman, and I wanted to talk to her, I wanted to preach to her about Jesus, and, and my partner goes, hey, look at the boy, he has a broken arm, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, you're good. So, um, so I look at the boy, and I was like, can I pray for your son? And at first, the mother was kind of skeptical, but um, I ended up telling her, you know, God loves him, God wants to heal him, you know, he has a plan for him. And so I started to pray over him, and I was like, can you move your fingers? And he was like, no. And so after, after I prayed a little bit, he started moving his fingers. And I was like, well, come on, let's believe that your whole hand is healed, so let's take it off. So the mother looked at me, and the mom was kind of like, he's had this thing on for a week. I don't want you to touch it, really. So I was like, if you believe, it's done. And so she looked at me, and she was like, okay, so we start taking it off. And I start freaking out because I was like, Jesus, more than ever, I need you. <laughs> you know, so, so we start praying, and I tell him, you know, just take out your hand and start shaking it. And this little kid starts doing this, and I'm starting to cry, and I'm feeling Jesus, and and he was healed, and all glory be to God. It was awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, just God was moving on those streets. You know, you meet people from all walks of life, and you see all kinds of craziness that you would not see normally on the streets of Chicago. And, you know, I went out there, and I just preached, and I, I, I told people, I would be like, do you have a moment to talk about Jesus? I'm here talking about Jesus. And some people would say no. And then there was those that would be like, wait, Jesus, what are you, why are you, what, Jesus, okay, you know, I got a minute. And one lady, you know, she stopped, her name was Kristen, she stopped, and, and she's like, Jesus, yeah, I want, uh, what do you want to say, what do you got to say? I started sharing the gospel with her, and, and she was with a boyfriend, a guy that she should have not been with, and she was out there doing things she should have not been doing, and she knew it, and I was telling her, I said, you know, God has more for you. He has more for your life. You know that he does not want you out here. You know, because I asked her, I said, do you know what Jesus did for you? Yes, yes, I love Jesus. I said, well, if you love him, are you willing to give up everything for him? And she was like, I want to. And I said, I could pray for you right now. I could pray for you today. I could pray for you right now and you could get right with God. And as I started praying for her, tears started coming out of her eyes. And she was like, thank you so much. And she's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Th please, just keep preaching. Please, just keep telling people, don't stop. Don't stop, please. You know, she said, even though people are saying no, don't stop, because people need to hear this. Man, where do I start? Uh, 
so many things. Uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone feels the same way. Where do you start? I mean, uh, so many salvations. You know, so many people that I've led to the Lord from 15 years old to 50. You know, and um, I did have um, one one interesting story. You know, an atheist tried to convert me. You know, I was like, I was like, you have two minutes to talk about Jesus. Come on, come on. You got two minutes with Jesus. Come on. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll stop if you just if you can answer this question. Who created God? And I'm like, why does God need to be created? Why does a creator need to have a creator? You know, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, you can you can prove God by by science. Look at nature. He's like, well, well. Speaking of science, what about the Big Bang? I'm like, what about it? He's like, what what about it? I'm like, well, God banged it. <laughs> and needless to say, he he was stumped. He left. <laughs> This is uh, this is my first Mardi Gras, and it was just such an awesome experience. It was just God re- releasing things, releasing us to go out and you know really touch these people. I would have to say the thing that stood out the most to me was um, this lady that came up, and um, I I just forget her name of Jesus, you know, ministering to her, and she's like, my ears are ringing because there were other groups out there that were just they had blow horns and hands were just you know melted with hair, and um, I said, can I pray for you? Praise God for that. So. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but I love children. And I get upset to see, you know, children in cars, not in their car seat. Like, that makes me mad at parents. So to see parents bringing their children out here, like, those were my target, you know. It's just going out and, like, not only telling the little one about Jesus, but just the parents that God is going to hold them accountable. You know, because the Bible says that it's, if anyone causes the little ones to sin, you know, it's better for them to tie a millstone around their neck, you know? And so just explaining to them, like, God's going to hold you accountable, you know, like, why would you expose your child to this, you know? Um, and also I saw, you know, girl after girl, young girls, you know, out there saying that they love Jesus, they're Christians, they go to church, you know, but they're out there drinking and partying, you know, and just explaining to them that, um, you know, when we say we love God, we're obedient. You know, we don't approve of the things of the world. We don't look like the world. We're different. You know, we live to a higher standard of holiness. So it's just over and over having to explain to these young girls, like, Jesus did not call you to live this lifestyle. You can be pure. You can be holy, you know, and be loved and have fun. You know, you don't have to be out there drinking and, and smoking and thinking that that's okay when we live a holy God, you know, when we live for a holy God. And so... Um, many of the girls, you know, just totally ignore what I had to say, but a lot of them, you know, I never thought about it that way. You know, I never knew that if I confessed that God would purify me inside, you know, that I do have to change. So I'm thankful for the girls that did receive, you know, and we still have to pray for those that walked away, you know, still in their sin. God is, God is awesome. Um, you know, if, if any of us give give a rip and a flip about lost people, it's it's because uh, our leaders. Pastor Joe was the first SUM evangelist. When no one else would go to the French Quarter, it was him. Uh, when I first came to the church, it was him leading it out on Belmont and Clark, and he's, of course, an SUM grad. And, 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 I, and I just got reminded of that. I saw men of God 30, 40 years in the faith, in, in the ministry, and they love souls. 
Chancellor, no, he was just talking about being addicted to soul winning. And when you're not addicted to soul winning, something's wrong. Another pastor on one of the last days he preached and he, and he said, God, stain my heart with a burden for the lost. A stain doesn't cut off. What a prayer to pray, you know. And, and that was the prayer of my heart. Is that I, I didn't want to come out the same. I knew I lost something. I knew I left my first love. I knew I didn't care about lost people the way I used to. And I needed that. I, ne- I needed to get restored to that. And I saw a man of God loving the lost. Yeah, and, and one thing Chancellor said, he's the founder of SUM, and he's still hands-on. He's been to 20 Mardi Gras, still on the street doing it with us. And, and he said of, of, of the 240 students that were, that were gathered, he said millions of souls are represented in this room, uh, uh, world changers. Uh, one of the pastors came alongside me. You might see the pictures in the slideshow, but uh, we were preaching to this young man. Uh, uh, five of our groups before me and my partner already preached to this guy. His name was Nathan. He was from Orlando. And he stopped to talk to every one of us, finally came to me and my partner. And just self-righteous, you know, I'm a good person. I'm not like these people. I'm not going to go do X, Y, and Z. Just had to cut down that self-righteousness. What, what it came down to is, is he confessed, man, I like to steal. And I'm full of jealousy and I'm full of rage. Well, what can I do about that? You know, it's like that's what it comes down to. What can I do? I'm glad you asked, friend. You know, I know, I know a God. And, and one of those pastors, the pastor from Daytona Beach, came alongside me, just Holy Ghost led. He came alongside, began to witness. We led this man to the Lord, and this guy lives in Orlando. That pastor was about to open a church in Orlando, so that man got saved. He's getting plugged in. God is good. God is moving. Amen. Okay, so this was my second year at Mardi Gras. And, you know, after going my first year, I had certain expectations. You know, about to see drunk people. I know I'm going to see, um, you know, pornography all over the place. I know I'm going to see, you know, a lot of stuff that is not right. But you know what I saw this year? Man, I saw repentance at Mardi Gras. I saw repentance at Mardi Gras. People that were so angry, so hurt. You know, what does church mean to you? They would say, people that want my money. You know, hypocrites, people hurt by the church. You know, and they're thirsty for the love of God. People completely turning their lives back to God. Because they know it was something real. Um, You know how they preached, um, Pastor Joe preached about grace and truth of Jesus Christ. Man, we met... We met people from Israel, Jewish people, and they were their hearts were just so softened by the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. They don't have to go to hell. They don't have to go to hell. And and so just a testimony in my heart, man. My faith has gone through the roof, man. Anything is possible with God. All right, amen. Amen, man. God is good. God just did amazing things. Um personally through the body of Christ, there's 250 of us there. And they said there was over 500 salvations. That does not even count the recommitments or people that just came to pray. They just wanted prayer. That's it. Like for somebody in their family, a healing, you know, things like that. So over 500 people. Next year we're expecting just 500 students. That means thousands of souls for God. So I'm so excited for that. There was just uh, amazing things going on, healings. Uh, Me and my partner, we were able to witness to two men, a man named Patrick and Tanner. And this was just when we were walking through a parking lot. It was after Mardi Gras. We were going to hang out with people, going to have dinner. And a pastor had preached about it's not always what it looks like. God will give you a divine interruption, he called it. So we're walking through a parking lot, and there's tents and tons of drunk people, and people have mattresses on top of their cars. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if this is a good idea. And my partner's like, it's not what it looks like. I'm like, all right, let's just go. We're walking through, and two men just hop off of their car, and they're like, 
where's your mattress? Where are your drinks? What, what are you doing out here? And I'm like, I, I don't even know why you guys are out here. He's like, we're waiting for Mardi Gras. This was Monday night. He's like, tomorrow, you know, it's a big event. They're just sharing with us what Mardi Gras is for them, and it's just an all-night party. And we explained to them what we were there for, and one of them was a backslider, and my partner was able to talk to him, and he had a, uh, a pain in his back, and he said, do you believe that God could heal you? And my partner prayed for him, and his back was healed instantly. Then his friend, I was able to talk to him. His name was Patrick. He was very skeptical skeptical about God and was in and out of churches and had just moved back to New Orleans that Friday. And he asked me after he had saw this, can you pray for me? Like, I want that. And so we prayed for him and just asked God just to move in his heart. So it was just beautiful. Amen, amen. God is good. He's awesome. And he's waiting for his church to just catch the fire. And, you know, I went out there last year with the idea that I knew it all. I've done this before. I know how to, you know, witness to people, talk to people. I'm very comfortable with that. But this year, I decided, God, I'm going to be open to whatever you have and, you know, allow people to teach me around, you know, around me. And Jared is so right. We have awesome men and women of God in our lives. And, guys, take advantage of that. Take advantage of the fact that you have pastors in your lives who love you, who are, who are wanting to push you to do awesome things for Jesus. And this week was just amazing. And what I can testify to is that when we all caught it, in Mardi Gras, when we were all united in both mind and thought, like the Bible says, we saw demons manifested that day. We saw healings. We saw salvations. We saw tears. We saw brokenness. We saw the gospel being preached the way it's supposed to with signs and wonders following. And so I testify to that because I've experienced that. When my mind is connected, when my mind is in it, when my soul is in it with everything, God can do amazing things. So I am just excited to what, what God wants to do even here in our city. So catch it, guys. Get excited as we testify because it's for you too. Amen. Praise Jesus. That is right. It's for us as well. I just want to follow on that a little bit because, uh, you know, we got the Puerto Rican Festival coming up, you know, in June. We have our you know, many evangelism throughout the week. And you know what? God wants to pour that spirit upon you guys, too. And we got to go out there because it's not really about us. There's many people dying out there without Jesus Christ, without knowing him. And I'm just going to share two quick testimonies. Um, one is uh, the last day we were there, Marcio and I, we were partner up and um, – we saw this teenager, we just approached him, we asked him, hey, can we talk to you about Jesus Christ? And uh, we just began to minister to him, and, um, you know, as we were ministering to him, I just, you know, I just heard the Lord tell me that, uh, you know, his parents abandoned him when he was a child, and that, uh, you know, he's been running from left to right, places standing, he has this burden in his back, and then God said, he's like, I want to heal him from that. So therefore, I, I, I just looked the kid in the, in the, in the eyes, and I'm like, I, told, I said, uh, your, your mom and dad abandoned you when you were a child. And he looked at me. He's like, how do you know that? And he's like, because God told me. And he said that he's, you've been running from left to right looking for places to stay in. And you know what? And he got this burn in your back. He wants to heal you from that. And, and then he's just, his eyes are shaking. He's getting watery. His, our picture, the picture's actually up there with Marciana and the teenager. And we end up praying for the, with, with, the, with the teenage kid. And he actually had a cup of beer in his hand. And he left that cup of beer down, and he received prayer. And uh, Jesus Christ healed him. And uh, he accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Praise Jesus. He reigns. And he reigns. Jesus reigns. Second testimony is uh, we stopped a young man. He happens to be from Brazil and spoke Portuguese. And then Marcio was speaking Portuguese to him. And we're just, he was just pointing. I'm just there praying the Spirit. I'm like, come on, Lord, Holy Spirit. I'm like, Jesus, what do you want to speak to this man? 
And then this, uh, I just hear the Lord say, like, a close family member just died uh, in, in this, uh, and he has wounded, sorry, so he needs healing from that. And, uh, and I'm like, I, I kind of tap Marcy. I'm like, hey, ask him if, uh, if his brother just died. I'm like, somebody close just died. And, and then um, Marcy asked him, like, do your brother just die? And he's like, my sister just died, he said. And then uh, and they told him that Jesus Christ was to heal him from that. And then we, Marcio and I prayed for him, and the man got healed. And uh, he happens to be a, a Catholic. And, uh, but he, says, he said this. He said, um, this is uh, very special, I, and I've been very touched. I'm like, there's something very special, he said. And we just praise Jesus for that. Praise Jesus for that. Marcio. Marcio. Jesus. We say Jesus, 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 Jesus. Um, for me, it was powerful there when I joined the Ravens team. Um, they were radical as soon as we were. And it was powerful when we went to the streets and we have the speakers there. And the, in the night that they were preaching English and sometimes we have pastor there that were preaching Spanish. And that night they said, uh, the pastor arrived me and said, I can't, I can't preach. My voice is, is gone. And I need you to preach in Spanish. And said, I'm sorry, pastor, you should find someone else. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's kind of the hell there, you know, and you bring the light to them. And they and sa and said, hey, you're not going to preach for me or for you or yourself or for, for any else. You are preaching for Jesus. You know, I said, I, I, yes, I am. I, okay, I'm going to preach. <laughs> so I got some pressure on me, and I went there, and I started preaching Spanish. And uh, I called them to repent. I called them, today is the day of salvation for our lives. And Jesus is calling you, and he knows you. And, and he brought you to this country, and he wants to, to share his plan with you. And I shared the salvation with them, and I said, if you want to come here, where we are, we will pray for you. And I preached in Portuguese. And I left there, and I came back to evangelize. And I got a guy and called me. And hey, hey, I think this guy is speaking Spanish, but I don't know him. And I don't know Spanish, and, and he doesn't understand me. Can you talk with him? Yes, I can. So I started talking to him, and he said, I was passing by here. I don't know English, but I listen my own language about Jesus. And I want this Jesus in my heart. And praise God, I could, I could share, I could, I could really call himself, like, what he the commitment he was going to do, and about he wants really to repent his sins, he wants really to be forgiven for God, and he wants really receive eternal life in his life. He said, yes, I want, and we, we prayed together, and he delivered his life to Jesus Christ, and we wrote down uh, the address of a, a Spanish church that he could go, and he called me two days ago, and he was like, you pray for me, I'm looking for a job, and I, Jesus is in my life, and I praise God for it. Um, the story that I want to share is actually after the outreach was over, it was the day after Fat Tuesday, and I was at the airport trying to get home, and it turned out my ticket uh, was booked for the wrong date, so I was kind of stuck at the airport for a couple hours until Berto came back to pick me up. But I totally believe it was a divine appointment that God had set up. And one of the services actually during our outreach was, you know, you have to be open to divine interruptions in, in your life because God 
wants to use you for a purpose at a certain time, at a certain place. So it may make our life a little bit difficult, but God has a plan. And so I took a seat, uh, and I sat down to the next to this lady, and I was just kind of thinking about wanting to see my girls and wanting to get home. And during that time, God's like, I want you to talk to her. And I was fighting it for like a couple of minutes. I'm like, no, no, you're, you know, you don't really want me to talk to her or say anything. And it took, you know, God actually breaking the ice for me. Uh, this one guy had passed by, and he kind of started throwing up in the garbage can next to us. Uh, so, we, you know, we both kind of looked away. It was kind of gross, and that kind of got us talking. And um, sh- she basically started sharing with me about her life. I had asked her, you know, if she knew God, if, you know, she was going to church anywhere. And she said, well, you know, I had a really bad tragedy that happened to me about a year ago, so I've been kind of staying away. And I encouraged her, you know, when hard things happen in our life, that's a very important time for you to get closer to God. And then she started crying, and she said, my boyfriend of eight years committed suicide last March. I haven't been wanting to go to church. She's like, I've been very angry at God. I've just been really mad just in life. And um, I just kind of started going back, she said. And right there at that moment, I said, I want to pray for you. So I just started praying for healing over her. You know, all these unanswered questions, all the pain, all the stress, just everything that she's been experiencing since that time. And there's no peace. Her mind just races all the time. And so I prayed with her right then and there. She was so blessed. And, you know, we just kind of talked for like the next hour and a half and uh we kept in touch we're keeping in touch through facebook she's visiting chicago in april so i'm really really praying that she'll be able to check out metro praise so just keep her in her prayers hey man i want the sum students to stay here guys can you just scoot down a little bit marcio will you join them i was just thinking to myself if you've never been here you don't know what sum is it's an accredited bible college that we host here through distance learning open up your bibles with me to first peter chapter 2 verse 2 now it's your turn look at your neighbor and say now it's my turn I want to apply this message to you today. I'm going to keep it short. I'm only going to preach another hour and a half, okay? We're cutting it in half today, amen? You'll be out of here by three. Don't even worry about it. You're okay, amen? We're going to take down the clock next week anyway, and we're going to get that burden out the way. I want to talk to you today about what it means to follow the Great Commission. What does it mean to follow the Great Commission that Jesus gave us? But we're in a series right now, and I want your heart to open up to this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. This is what it says. Like newborn babes crave spirit, pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Everybody say grow up. Thank you. That you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. What you see Peter teaching here is two concepts. Number one, spiritual milk. We need to have it. The Bible calls it pure spiritual milk. It also puts the adjective before pure. It says crave, or rather adverb, crave in the ad- adjective is pure. This milk is to be what you seek after, what you're passionate for. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I sleep in the night, I get cotton mouth. And when I wake up in the morning, I just drink a whole lot of water. Do you ever feel that way? You crave for something. Have you ever just been hungry and you said, man, I'm craving for some Giordano's stuffed pizza with extra cheese and some pepperoni and sausage and mushrooms. Amen. We're craving for things. The Bible says crave pure spirit 
spiritual milk. Now, what is that spiritual milk? As you look throughout the rest of the Bible, milk is referred to as the word of God and the elementary things of God. Uh, Paul talks about, or the supposed writer of Hebrews, rather, talks about that we should move on from elementary things, not just drinking milk, but should be cutting our own steaks, having some filet mignon at fogo de chow. Can you say amen? So we want to get you from a milkshake to having your own steak. Look at your neighbor and say, milkshake to a steak. But you've got to crave and you've got to start where you are. Maybe right now going out witnessing is the most craziest thing to you. Speaking in public is one of the biggest fears that people talk. Like if right now we turned the spotlight on you and gave you the microphone, you, you, you know, you might be paralyzed with fear. And, and if we said go out there and do the Jesus car wash, you know, you might be a little afraid at first to shout Jesus. But I want to tell you, if you just keep coming to the bobo and keep... <laughs> If you keep drinking your spiritual milk, you're going to grow up in the things of God. And that's what we want to do. We don't expect you to be Billy Graham tomorrow. We're not expecting you to be Joyce Myers tomorrow. We're expecting you to be the best you you can be for Christ and to grow up. Amen. And each one of these students here is an example of what it's like to grow up. Look at Marcio. He has some gray hair. I feel good. He has more than me. Amen. Sorry to pick on you, but we're in our 30s, and we're out there living for God, just like Jared said. And then you got one of our youngest students, Leilani, 19 or 20. 19, 20, how old are you? There it is. Grow up. There it is, 20, 20. She is 20 years old. So from 20 to 36, how old are you, Marcio? 34. We're the same age. Praise the Lord. So grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. So get hungry for the things of God. Now, if you do not want to grow up and get hungry for the things of God, do you know what it's going to be like? It is going to be like me changing pampers on a 50-year-old man. It's going to get nasty. Now, we love nursing home ministry. I got called into nursing home ministry. But, Nick, would you stand up for me, please? Just stand up. Just stand up right here. Give it up for Nick. He is an awesome man. He's going to lead our Royal Rangers, so I'm not picking on him anyway. It's just to me, I get this image in my man, a big burly man, you know, the beard and just a man. Dude, I do not want to see him with pampers, and I don't want to be the guy that has to, you know, snap on the glove and go down under, okay? I ain't doing it. Look at your neighbor and say, that's crazy. I don't even know why we're talking about it. We're in church. Come on, man. What are we talking about that for? You've got to grow up, so you start off where you are. You start off where you are. You, you come to the word of God and I'm afraid to go evangelizing. Okay, we'll come out on Saturdays where we pick up the inner city kids from the west side and bring them here. Start off preaching to little kids. I mean, come on, you can do that. Or go out with the Saturday afternoon crew that goes to the neighborhood. Or go out to the Saturday night Wicker Park crew. There's a place for you. Or go to the youth group with the high schools. We have evangelism about six days a week. And if you're saying, Pastor, that's so crazy, I don't know if I can do that. You know what you can do? You can talk to your neighbor at work. Hey, neighbor. Let's go out to Starbucks, my treat, free bagel, free whatever, and you can just get them there, and then you can say to yourself, I got you. Now I'm going to tell you about Jesus. You know, I'm just kidding. But you get what I'm trying to say. We all can grow up and do something. Amen?
And that's what grow up means. It means to have an experienced, healthy, progressive life with God. You need to crave the spiritual things of God. That's what we're studying is those spiritual things, the Word of God. Today's message is going to be so simple. It's just a few verses, and I'm going to take the words from the verses and tell you if you can do this, you're going to grow up and go to another level. Look at your neighbor and go, level. Amen. So let's look at what we got going on here. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and onward. Jesus had how many disciples and how many quit on him? One, Judas, hung himself, never came back, okay? We don't want to be that one. We want to be the 11. Jesus comes to those 11 people, and this is what he says. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, every time you see a bold word, can you read it with me? Can you all say amen? Okay, therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Here's the message right here. It's very short and simple. There are six points that you see in that context. Jesus came to his disciples. They had been with him for three and a half years. They had traveled down the roads of Galilee. They had been with him in Jerusalem. They had seen him be crucified for his testimony and for what he stood for. They then saw him raised from the dead, and they declared him to be, and he was the Son of God. And he said, before he ascended to heaven, guys, this is what it's about. You go out and make disciples now. And that's why we named the book Disciples Making Disciples because we want to help you, to encourage you, to fulfill what Jesus said. Because last time I checked, it's not the end of the age yet. It's not over yet, is it? But how many watching Japan, the earthquakes, the tsunami, the flooding rocked your world? Come on. I mean, I am not a conspiracy guy. I'm not wondering about the Illuminati today, okay? I'm not into that. I'm not counting every credit card that comes my way thinking it's the mark of the beast. I'm not into that. But how many know one of the clearest signs in the New Testament is earthquakes? He said, when you see these things happen, you know what's coming. Now listen, he didn't say when you see volcanoes erupt. He didn't say, well, when you see global warming. He didn't say that. He was very specific. He said earthquakes. Now, think of all the natural disasters. Why did Jesus pick earthquakes? Here's just my personal opinion. Every other natural disaster can somehow be avoided. It can somehow be fixed. You know, according to Gore, if we stop using hairspray, we can stop, you know, the, the, the global warming. Don't get offended if I say that, but you know, I'm having a hard time buying it, okay, because it was freezing this winter, amen, and I need some global warming right now because I'm... I'm a little tired of it. Amen. But anyways, um, I want to go wakeboarding. That's just me. Pray for me. But, but when, you, when you look at global warming, oh, we can fix it. Or, you know, flooding. Well, we can build our houses higher and build bigger dams. What can you do to fix an earthquake? You can't do one thing. You can't even get away from it because you don't even know where all the fault lines are. We think we have an idea, but we don't even know where, are they, where they are. And most of the time, they only have a few days' notice of when that thing is coming, if even that, and they can't even judge the size of it. So it's bigger than a hurricane. It's more devastating than a flood. It's the craziest thing that can possibly happen. And what did God say? That will happen in the end times. And it happens, he said, in various places. So no one can deny it. Nobody in Japan can say, I don't know what's going on. Nobody in Haiti can 
and say, I don't know what's going on. Nobody in the different parts in Illinois, a various place, had an earthquake. Are you guys following me? And it's not like we've just been tracking earthquakes for 10 years and now uh, we can just say, well, we have more than the last year. No, we've been tracking earthquakes for at least 150 years. The technology gets better and better. Listen to me. Go check it out online. Find a reliable source. We are having the largest scale and the largest amount of earthquakes ever known to human history. And he said, that's coming to the end of the age. So my friends, we got some work to do. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want my friends going to hell. And you might say, Pastor, that's not my job. Yes, it is. According to Jesus, yes, it is. It is your job. You do have a place in that. I don't believe we as Christians should believe about a hell if we don't preach salvation. Because if I just go around telling people, you're going to hell, go to hell. If I just go and do that, I'm the cruelest of persons. I mean, think about that. If you don't tell somebody about Jesus, but all you tell them about is hell, that is like cruel. That is like saying you're going there, there's nothing you can do, and you're going to burn and and be tortured forever. But that is not the Bible. The Bible says there's a place called hell, but there's also a place called heaven. Amen? And this is the solution, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, go. The first thing he said was go. What does go mean? It means to get up and share the gospel. You have a responsibility today, congregation, to get up and go. Get up and go. Don't wait for somebody else. Don't wait for everything to come together. Don't wait till you're a theologian. I've been in, I'm finishing my master's degree right now in theology. I still don't even know half of it all. God is still using me from this day to the day I first got saved. And I don't even know two memory verses, you know. God will use you. Don't say, I'll wait till I get older. i wait till I know more. Start to share your faith now. Some of the best testimonies that come are the ones that are the newest that don't even know what to say and what not to say. For example, when I, when I get the youth say, I love having them come up in youth group and tell their testimony. And they were like, man, I, I was getting drunk the other day, and, and I was smoking weed, and then I got saved, and then I went to all my friends, and then I told them about Jesus. And you're like, you're like trying to clap, but you don't know what to clap for. But you know what? That's real. Oh, y'all were born saved? Oh, y'all look at you. I never drank or anything. Um, God bless you. Just pray for us who did, okay? Just pray for us. Everybody here's got sin. Everybody here has a sin disease. It's only cured by Jesus. Have you told a lie? Have you taken something that didn't belong to you? Have you lusted after the opposite sex or the same sex? Have you disobeyed God and your parents? Have you, uh, you know, been covetousness? Have you been jealous? What is our job? Everybody say go. Thank you. The second thing is make disciples. Say with me, make disciples. Thank you. Now, when do you go? What do you do? Sometimes we feel like we're babies in pampers chasing the devil with, with a little switch, you know, like we're chasing the devil. Like, I'm just going to get you, devil. I'm a little baby in pampers. No, we're not. We're not little babies in pampers. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't a baby. So grow up. Come on. You can say it in love. Say it, say it with a smile. It makes it sound better. You say, look at, look at your neighbor and say, you ain't a baby. So grow up. See, I'm smiling. I love you. I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you that and mean it. What are we saying? What we are saying here is when I go, I'm just not trying to give one little argument. I'm not just trying to get him to say I believe in Jesus. And I always love telling this illustration. Like somehow Jesus is that insecure American Idol contestant. You know, like they're standing, like Jesus is like standing up in heaven. Come on, guys, believe in me. Believe in me. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, Deanna's in a conversation, you know, and it's going back and forth, and and the atheist looks like he just got a point, and then she got a point. It's not like Jesus is up there going, come on. Come on, help him. Come on, get him. 
get him to believe in me. Come on, I need him. I need him. Come on, Gabriel, help her. And then all of a sudden, when somebody down on earth goes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, they believe in me. Yo, you ever watch Dance with the Stars, American Idol? You know what I'm talking about. Jesus is not desperate. Jesus is not walking around going, I'm so insecure. I need you to believe in me. Let me tell you why Jesus wants you to believe in him. So you can go to heaven, spend eternity with him, and be in his glory. Your life for his glory. Your life for his glory. So what's the point? Yeah, you believe in Jesus? That's great. How about we follow Jesus? How about we begin to learn about Jesus? Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples, and then teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's not just I go to church. Man, I go to McDonald's. That doesn't make me a hamburger. I go to the bank. It doesn't make me a millionaire. I go to the hair salon, and it doesn't make me good looking. Are you listening? I am sorry I am not Joel Osteen or Brad Pitt up here this morning. I try, okay? I try my best. But this is what I can do. I can learn. I can become better at what I do in life. And here's the thing with Christianity. It's a lifelong process. Are you saved the moment you believe in Jesus? Somebody say amen. Yes, you are. You are saved when you say, I believe. Yes, you are saved. But it's not for Jesus' insecurity's sake. It's for you to start a lifelong journey. Here's what the Bible calls it, a marriage. So when I said to my wife, I do, I just don't look at her and go, that was so awesome. I'm going to see you twice a year, Christmas, Christmas and Easter, later. How long do you think I would be married if I saw my wife twice a year? How about once a week? Because some of you are a lot better than that. You know, I come, Pastor, shame on you. I am not a Christer. I come every week. Okay, what if you only saw your wife once a week for an hour or two? Oh, it gets quiet. Come on, it gets quiet. Do you believe it or not, friends? Is this a lifelong journey or what? Are we here to be transformed by God or are we here to play religion? Go out and make disciples. So what do you say to your friends? You say, man, I'm going to church. I'm learning about God. Let's get a Bible study going. Let's begin to have one of my leaders teach you. Let's experience life together. Let's grow in this thing. Amen? The second thing, somebody say all nations. The beautiful thing is when you look across this congregation, it's just a taste of what heaven is going to be. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Yes, Jesus loves the little children of the world. Amen. All the nations. Let's have the gringos stand up. Come on, gringos. Any gringos in the house? My wife, wonderful. Let's have the Latinos stand up. Let's have the Europeans. Any, oh, look at Latinos. Ah, we have in this thing. Any Europeans? How about Italians, Polish, Irish, anything with European? How about African-American? How about Asian? How about something that I can't think of right now? Middle Eastern, Indian, if, if specific Islanders. There we go, Alaskan. My sister, you could stand, if you could, you would stand up, amen. I'm assuming gringo. Let's, what's Latino? Scottish. Give it up. Come on. You guys know each other? That's another Scottish brother right there. You may be seated. Thank you. Racism is of the devil. There's only one race, the human race. Jesus Christ made us in his image. 
He loves every single one of us. We're all the same. Melatonin, the color of our skin, does not change the character and the content of our heart. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, all the nations. Just Metro Praise alone, we have 129 Metro Praises in India, Nepal, Pakistan, and Nigeria. My friends, you live in the melting pot of society. You know what Chicago looks like. It's a beautiful place to live. Share the gospel with everybody. Do you know that some of the people you meet on your job, let's say you have somebody from from China on your job. Do you know that it's illegal for them to be a Christian in their nation? You may be the only person that can talk to them. Let's say you guys are in school, going to Columbia, going to Northwest, one of our schools. If you see somebody there, it's Middle Eastern because we have the best colleges in America. You may be talking to somebody from Jordan. You may be talking to somebody that, that comes from a place where they can't even name the name of Jesus above Muhammad. That if they do, it's shirk, it's blasphemy in their religion. Preach to all the nations. Amen. Uh, fourth, baptize them. Everybody say baptizing them. Why is baptizing them important? Baptismal is uh, baptize is, is being uh, related to Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. Why is it important that we do that? Number one, you can't baptize yourself. So it shows that you have a relationship with the church, and it shows to a public group of people, I am going to be who God told me to be, so that they can hold you accountable. Has anybody ever seen a one-man football team win the Super Bowl? No, you've never seen a one-man baseball team win the World Series either. We are here to play together as a team and baptizing. When you got baptized, 35 of you did uh, at the winter retreat. Can we give it up for the 35 that did? Amen. Thank you. When you got baptized, you came into fellowship with two people. Here they were. You came into fellowship with God Almighty, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you came in fellowship with Metro Praise, baby. You came in fellowship with the ecclesia, the called out ones of God who know no time or boundary and who will be together with you in eternity forever. You have brothers and sisters that you know not even of. You are a part of the family of God. That's exciting. And guess what? You can tell that to your friends. The best party in town is happening here. Come and follow Jesus. I love telling people that my best friends are in this house. My best friends aren't the kids I grew up with. My best friends are not just the guys I play sports with. That's shallow, my friends. Trust me, I love to play sports. I have wakeboarding buddies. I know what it's like to have coworkers that are friends. There's nothing that compares to the relationship that I have with many of you here. The deepness when we pray and when we hang out together. The love closer than my own brother and sister. Why? Because they don't serve God. My other brother and sister don't serve the Lord. And they don't understand my passion. And they don't understand how I want to raise my, uh, my, my family. I was going to say raise my wife ain't doing that how I raise my children but we share that together can you say amen get people to come into the family of God number five say teaching them to obey everything now this is the part that's so important we don't want to just gloss over this Jesus said go into all the world make disciples baptizing them in the Father Son and the Holy Ghost and teach them to obey everything I've commanded now this is the part where you've got to grow up because if you don't know God's teachings, you don't have anything to share. So the first thing you do is just like, um, I think we should come to church. You want to come to church with me? No, I ain't going to church. I'm going to go do something on Sunday. Okay, that's cool. Awkward. Um, 
do you read your Bible? You see what I'm saying? I've been a part of those conversations so many times. It's like you could cut the awkwardness with a nice a knife, slice it up, and eat it for lunch, okay, with some whipped cream on it or something. My friends, you need to know what God is saying. Christianity is not the Range Rover upgrade with your rims and five-disc player with the MP3 detachable face with the Wi-Fi GPS. It's not like, well, you know, I'm living a good life, and, you know, just everything's okay, and I got the Range Rover, and, oh, Christianity, oh, upgrade. Well, I'm okay. I'm just going to pimp it out the way I got. Listen to me. Christianity is not your middle-class American dream upgrade. It's either you get with it or you are going to be in the pig's trough of eternity. Christianity is not just do you want air conditioning with that. Do you want the MP3 detachable GPS face? It's do you want to know the creator of the universe? Have him fill your soul with the love that can be compared to nothing else and bring you into his heavenly dwelling. It's not the upgrade into our society. It's not, well, I'm doing pretty good. So when you start to teach people, I begin to start where it hits the most. So I talk to them. If they love their family, I talk to them about family. I love men that say, well, I'm going to take care of my family. And you know what I love to say to them? I teach them the, the, the shortness and futility of life. Let me give you a good example on how to teach them this. Because the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet, yet lose his soul? So somebody says, man, you know, I'm just about my family. We do family things on Sundays, not necessarily church. You know what I say to them? I go, how many generations can you go back? And, and they'll say, what do you mean? I say, you know, like great-grandpa, great-great-grandpa, you know, how many? And, and most people, you can just check yourself right now, most of us can only go to our great-grandparents, maybe on one side, you know, unless you're like one of these little family tree guru people that figured it all out. But you don't even know, you don't even know, right? And I say, what about the person 500 years before them? What about, what about your family that was, say, around the 12th century, 1100s? Do you know them? I said, listen to me, I don't care if you are the Donald Trump to your family Trump enterprise, it will all go away like dust one day. And you're doing all of this, all of this, all of this, all of this. Your great-great-grandchildren won't even know one thing you did. They won't even know what you did. They won't know the songs you sang. They won't know the Christmas present you bought on credit. They, they, they won't know the, the Disney World trip that you, that you did to almost lose your job because you could, you know, you lose your life. You work twice on Sundays and three times on Mondays just to get. Nobody will remember that. But if you love your family, guess what God says? God says, store your treasure up there. He says, up there, you have your family for eternity. Up there, the children that you've taught about God will be there for eternity. You get to spend eternity. What do you want, Disney World or eternity? Can you say, tell it? There you is. Teach somebody. And number six, would you stand up on your feet for me, please? Band, would you come? Thank you for your patience today. Number six, to the very end of the age. How long are we supposed to do this for, Pastor? Just uh, on Mardi Gras? No, to the end of the age. So, Pastor, when do we know when the end of the age is? You'll know because it's the end of the age. You will not be asking, is, is this the end? Is it going to happen in 2012? I'll tell you what, you'll figure it out when you get there. You won't miss it, amen? Let me just help you guys out who love the end times. I'm not mocking you. I'm just wanting to help you out because I know a lot of you guys get really spooky on this. I want to help you. I want to make it real simple for you. Jesus is going to come in the clouds. He is going to circle the world while an angel is blowing a trumpet. At that moment, those who have known Christ will come and be with him. Those who do not are going to suffer 
the worst judgment known to mankind called Armageddon. When he comes, the Bible says he will be on a horse, he will have a sword, and it will be stained with blood. He will slaughter a billion people, and the blood will be as high as a horse's head from here to Rockford, 140 miles. On that day, people will be crying out, rocks cover us, hide us from the face of the Almighty, but there will be no one to deliver them. That is Armageddon to the end of the age. Do I want you to get the hell scared out of you? Yes. But I want you to go do it now for somebody else. I want somebody, I want your friends to understand that God loved them so much that he died on the cross for them. And that the reason why Armageddon is coming is because a rogue, rebellious angel started a rebellion against the kingdom of heaven. And he brought it to this earth. And men sided with him. And Jesus is saying, I'm taking it back. But they don't have to be there. The Bible says on that day, we can rejoice. Why do I rejoice? Have you ever seen a World War II video? Why did we rejoice when we defeated Hitler, Nazi Germany? Because of Auschwitz and the Jewish Holocaust survivors and the other minorities that were being killed in the gas chambers. We rejoiced in a battle because victory brought justice. God loves us, but he hates our sin. I love you, but I hate your sin. Love me, but hate my sin. Now who's going to go tell other people that? These Mardi Gras warriors are up here today. We're going to close out in a prayer. Don't leave until at least we sing the first song, okay? But this is what I'm going to ask today. That if you want to be a soul winner, you want to go out and tell somebody about Jesus, will you let them pray for you today? And if you're scared and if you have questions, ask them. No one up here did it perfect. No one up here did it without being afraid. My first year at Mardi Gras, I'd been to 12. I was scared out my mind. I kept having my leader take me to the bathroom so I wouldn't have to be out there. Let me tell you how crazy it was. There was these guys that they call themselves the gutter punks. That's what, you know, I, I call them by their own name, gutter punks. They're homeless uh, teenagers that, that listen to punk music and they shave their head. Very just, man, they just don't like life a lot. Most of them have been hurt in life. That's why. So there was one of these guys with a cross, you know, one of those cute guys that look like Jesus. He carries a cross. You know, if you saw that guy coming down the street, you might go, that's kind of weird. But then you would go, oh, that's cool. You know, he's carrying a cross. These guys, I watched it. They bum-rushed him, took his cross, and then turned it upside down and had a mob following them as they were screaming obscenities about Jesus. Then in Jackson Square... They had a face cut out of a Roman soldier who was sodomizing Jesus, and they made it about like this, like the little carnival ones, and you could put your face in there while Jesus was getting sodomized, and you could get a picture taken. That's how disgusting it is. That's how disgusting it is. And I was out there, and I was so afraid. I literally felt like I could die out here. I, I felt like I was a 19-year-old kid, and I said, man, this could be it for me, man. What if, they turn, what if they grab me like that? Timothy, Paul's disciple, the book was written to him. Timothy, he was in a like festival. Read how he died. 
He was in a like festival in a pagan culture. He stood up on the streets and he said, fellow Romans, stop doing this. You're worshiping a false god. You know what they did? They beat him bloodied. They tied him to a rope. They drug him through the city. And then they left him to die. That's how Timothy died. But you know what? You know what I did when I was afraid? I said, God, be with me. And I'll go anyways. You have to ask yourself, what am I willing to do for God? They asked the woman who brought uh, people into her home during the Holocaust, Bontane. And, and, and they said to her, how did you, how did you just do this? You know, you were, uh, you were bringing people into your house during the time of Nazi Germany. She said, we didn't know how we did it. God just gave us the strength each step we took. She went to her dad one day. And she said, Dad, what if the Nazi Germany, what if the soldiers find us? They were Christians helping the Jewish people. And, and she said, what if they find us, Dad? I'm so scared to die. She was a little girl, nine years old. She ended up being a great missionary. What, what if they kill us, Dad? And you know what the dad said? He goes, when I send you to go to the store and get some milk and butter and bread, when I send you there, do I give you the money when you go? She said, yeah, you give me the money. He said, but do I give it to you a week in advance? Do I give it to you three days? She said, no, Daddy. You give me the money right before I go. He said, that's what God will do for us. Right before it happens, God will give us strength. We just have to trust him that when we get there, God will give us the strength to do what we're supposed to do. You might be thinking to yourself right now, I don't know what to say to my friends. Maybe you have friends that are gangbangers. Maybe you have friends that got their PhDs. They work downtown as engineers like the man I said to on the plane, and they're intimidating to you because they read Stephen Hawking's new book and Richard Dawkins, and they just intimidate you. You need to go open your mouth, and when you're there, God will give you the words to speak. Maybe some of you have lost family members, and they've walked away from God, and you say, if I go to them, they're going to person me. They're going to make fun of me. You know what? You go there, you open your mouth, and God will give you the words. Let's pray. Father, give us the words. Give us the boldness. Strengthen us today. In the name of Jesus, I'm praying for every person. If you came here today and you don't know Jesus, make sure you come to this altar call. But those here today that want boldness to preach the gospel just like SUM did at Mardi Gras, as the band begins to sing, would you come forward? Let us pray for you. Come on, just come from your seats. Don't be ashamed. We all need encouragement. No matter who you are, old or young, come on. Jesus, give us a heart for souls. And just line up, take your time. We'll pray for you. Don't leave until we do. Jesus, we pray for these soul winners. If you need your soul to be one, as you come forward, just say, God, save me. Ask the prayer worker to save, to pray a prayer of salvation with you. I pray for power in this place today. God, give us a love for the lost. A love for the lost. Jesus, if you're waiting, still come. Just come. Take your first step. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I sense God here today. Ben, would you just come down a little bit? Let Rachel just play. Guys, keep praying. Just keep praying. But I just want to speak over this congregation today. I just hear the Lord putting in my heart today that old saying, they don't care how much you know. They just want to know that you care. They just want to know that you care. People just want to know that they're loved. People ask me all the time, what about gay? What about abortion? You know what? God loves them. It's no different than any other sin. God loves them. Why is it the thing that the society hears louder is the sin instead of the grace? Why can't they hear they can be forgiven? Come on. Just praying. Some of you at your seats, I'm assuming that you got it all together. I'm not mocking, but Ben, if you got it together, would you just raise your hand and say, God, I want more? I just, I want a fresh fire, a fresh baptism of love. Jesus, don't let it get old to me, God. Rachel, just sing that verse and let them hear you sing it today. When I see pictures of tragedy, when I see the hurting of this world, don't let it get old. Come on, let's pray today for a few moments. Oh, Jesus. When I see hunger, hunger and poverty, don't let it get old to me. Come on, sing it from the beginning. When I see pictures of tragedy, when I see, see pictures of tragedy, don't let it get old. God, we lift up Japan today, one of the most unreached people groups. We pray that gospel missionaries will go and preach. Just like Haiti opened the door for gospel preaching and charity, we pray for our missionaries that are headed over there right now. We pray, God, for the church to rise up and show a community we love them. Heal, God, that community. Heal the Japanese people, God. You love them. Let it not get old to us, God. Oh, God, start in me. Let it not get old to me, God. But let my heart be broken. Let my heart, God, break for what breaks yours. Let my heart be broken. Oh, God. Give me eyes of compassion. Oh, yes, God. But let me finish strong. I want to hear you say to me. Let my heart, let my heart be broken. If you still need prayer, come forward, please. We want to pray for you. Even if you need it today personally, come on. Today's your day of a miracle. Hallelujah. Jesus. Amen. We're going to keep praying. We're going to sing Chains Be Broken. 
We're going to leave these altar call workers up here. If you need prayer for anything today, please come. We'll pray for you. But I sense that some of you want to go overtime today. This next worship song is for you. The cafe will be open. I'm going to pray. If you need to go, you can go. Father, I thank you today for this service. Thank you for all those that you brought today. I pray you bless them. Cause them to increase. Let them grow up and be the men and women of God you want them to be. I pray for souls to be saved throughout their lifetime. Let this be the beginning of a revolution in their life. Bless your people today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Grab some flyers. Hand them out this week. Go to Saturday Evangelism, and if you want to stay up here, we're going to keep on singing. Come on, man. Chains be broken. We're going to go overtime today. Jesus.
Take everything, take everything I want you to.